Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Ephesians chapter 6. I've been on this scripture for a little bit, but I've been doing it obviously intentionally because I really want us to take our time because this part of the passage doesn't get a, a near as much time as it deserves, but it deserves time and attention. And it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And Paul's writing along here, and he's sort of landing the plane. He's sort of, he's written a very powerful letter. He's written a letter about who we are in Christ, about how he sees us, how we do warfare, how we prepare for warfare, how we can win successfully. He talks about what we're fighting and what we're not fighting, what we're supposed to be looking at and what we're not supposed to be looking at. And he sums it up, and I call it the seal or the icing on the cake. And he says it this way in verse 18. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And we talked about that for two Sundays, about all prayer. But he says, in the spirit being watchful. Let's say that we're together, watchful. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Let's say that word together. Perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're just going to talk about these two words this morning. Being watchful. Being watchful to the end. If I could put a title on it, it would be simply entitled Alert and Persistent. Alert and persistent. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your anointing today that forever just puts it on your word, and now we need it in our spirits, these lips of clay. Open up our hearts to receive our ears to hear what the Spirit would have to say to the churches, and we give you thanks, and we give you praise in Jesus' name, and everybody in the house said, amen. Alert. How many times has someone said to you, pay attention? To me, a lot. We're, we're driving down the road, and uh, my first car was a, grand, was a uh, grand Prix. So it was just a basic car. There was not much to it. Nowadays, you get screens, and you got buttons and whistles. We were driving down the road yesterday, and we got this little safety thing in the car that if you, draw, if you cross a line, the car goes ding, 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 ding. Anyone got one of those? Drives crazy. I'm like, we got to figure out how to shut that thing off. And I realized what the car, <laughs> and I realized what the car is doing. It's trying to keep you safe because it's saying, be alert, pay attention. You crossed the line you shouldn't have crossed. And, and, and I get all that. But in the spirit realm, I believe what the spirit's telling us to do right now is be alert. Be alert. Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And we, we get all that. And we talked about that. And Paul talks about the reality of the putting on of the armor and we've got to put on the armor. And then he talks about praying with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and being watchful. And we can have it all together. We can have the praying in the spirit. We can have our armor on. But when it comes to praying, sometimes God has to remind us to be alert. You with me so far? Ezekiel 33 and 6 and 7 along there says it this way, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned 
and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require of the watchman's hand. That's a pretty strong statement. Back in the Old Testament, how it was, was you would have a city fortified, and the watchmen were on the towers, and when they saw the enemy coming in, and they saw enemy forces and sources coming in, they would blow a trumpet and get the armies ready and say, Warning, there's an attack coming. Warning, this is going on. But if the watchman was not awake, if the watchman was not alert and fell asleep at the guard, when we all know what would happen, the enemy would creep in and sneak in and take their lives. And the Lord is saying through the prophet Ezekiel that that person, I will require the blood of them. I will require it on their hands. So you son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. Alert. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But when we're praying in all prayers, church, we must be alert. We must be awake. We must know what is going on. I used to work for a, an organization called Alert. It was called Atlantic Emergency Response Team. And that team would practice and practice out on the Bay of Funday. And we were prepared should there ever be a major oil spill because of all the tankers that were coming in and um, to the Bay of Funday and taking oil from Saudi Arabia and other parts of the earth and even down through Texas and into the refinery in St. John. And my job with Alert was to map out the strategy so that if anything should happen, whether it was natural disaster or whether it was war or whether something went wrong or there was a spill, if anything should happen that would compromise the load or the crude oil coming in, Alert would be on alert and be ready to go and response team would step up and know what to do in the moment there was a compromise of the crude oil. What's that got to do with spiritual things? A lot. A lot. It is time when we pray and put on the armor. And I believe the reason that Paul put this in here, be watchful, be alert, is I believe that it's so easy for the church to rock itself to sleep in a little lullaby, patty cake, church services. It's so easy to sit back in our cozy zone and say, that's not going to affect me. That's not going to bother me over there. That has no parting of my mind. That's not even going to affect my bank account. That's not going to affect my family. And we can rock ourselves to sleep with three songs and a sermon and a little prayer time and even a prayer gathering on Tuesday night and a youth gathering on Wednesday night. We can actually rock ourselves to sleep with excuses. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that it is time, as Paul says, to make sure that we are watchful, that we are alert as to what is going on. In Matthew chapter 25, he brings this topic up one more time. He says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. Do we get any wise folks here today? Oh, we got three. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> 
For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. We know oil represents the power of the Holy Spirit. We know oil represents operating in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But five of them were wise and five were foolish. And they didn't take the oil, but the wise took the flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. When um, we watch movies, Bonnie and I, I'm not a big movie person. I like documentaries and educational stuff. But turn on that Hallmark stuff, and I'm like, land and odd, boys, here we come. And every man in the house said, amen. <laughs> I seen a little meme flying around the other day. It says, what, it has 426 scenes, 12 actors, and the same ending, a Hallmark movie. <laughs> You put on one of those things, and I'm sure, I guarantee you, I'll go to sleep. But the, the, these virgins, they, they became foolish, and they got drowsy, and they slept. When you're waiting for a promise to come to a reality for 2,000 years, my friend, it's easy to sleep. In this day and age that you and I are living in, we want something in two minutes, let alone 2,000 years. We want something to happen in a microwave moment, and a millisecond moment. If our little Wi-Fi is delayed by just two-point megabyte, megabyte seconds, whatever stuff is called, we're just like, what's going on? My phone's broke. What's wrong? It's not working. Just because it's not acting as fast as it used to. And then we're like, God, are you coming back? God, are you going to save my family? God, are you going to do the miracle? And what happens, Satan comes along and he says, you know what? God doesn't care about that. And God's not going to perform that miracle. And God's forgotten about that promise that he gave you 25 years ago. And that ministry that you had 30 years ago and 15 years ago. God's forgotten all about that. So why don't you just go to sleep? You don't need to worry about the Holy Spirit because you don't have anointing and get up and go anyway. You don't have a calling anymore. The church doesn't even have power anymore. There's not even convictions in our gatherings. We're just wanting to get together and feel good. And we can rock ourselves to sleep like those virgins did and say, you know what? I don't even need the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to go to the party. Hello. I was talking to a pastor just yesterday about this, set, this scripture right here. And we were talking about the imperative of having the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our preaching, in our singing, in our praying, in our gatherings. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do it without it. I don't want to move and not have the Holy Spirit. I want to be wide awake and alert. I want to know what's going on when the word says, thus saith the Lord. I want to know I have a word of God. Amen? When you and I are walking through the supermarkets and through the banks and through the post offices and our workplaces, wherever you go every day, we need to be alert. We need to be praying with all prayers, but I want to be alert. I want to know that the Atlantic Emergency Response Team is on the job. Everybody in the refinery... Everybody that was around there, the ships coming in, they all felt very secure because every one of us back in those days, remember pagers? If you got one of those, you were really cool. And I had a, a bag phone in my car. Remember the bag phone? That was even cooler. But they all knew if there was an oil spill, that little buzzer could go off at 3 o'clock in the morning. We're on it. 
And that team is going to respond because we've been working, we've been practicing, we've been training, we've been focusing, we've been studying. We're ready to go. Church, it's not time to sit back and wait for something to happen. It's time to pray. It's time to worship with all kinds of worship, with all kinds of prayer, that we, the church of the living God, we are full, full, full. Amen? Someone said, Joe, how much fuller can you get? Well, let me tell you something. I want all of God that God's got for me. Amen? Amen. We all ought to be in that mode. says, you know what? I want to be so full of the Spirit. I don't want anything else going on in my life. I don't want to be sleeping at the wheel. Oh, we can get arrogant to say, oh, that would never happen to us. Jump over to the book of Revelation. There were seven beautiful letters written to seven churches, and only one was found favor with God. The biggest trick of the enemy is when Satan looks at you and as Satan gives his stamp of approval over church, we know we're heading down the wrong path. I was talking to a guy a few weeks ago and I asked him point blank. I said, why don't you go to church here? That's a pretty bold question to ask. John Maxwell says good leaders ask good questions. Sometimes you've got to ask crazy questions. And you know what he told me? Now y'all want to know. He said, well, the place I go to, I feel good, but at your place, I feel conviction. I don't want to feel good. Feel good's not going to get your kids to heaven. Feel good's not going to get us to healing. Feel good's not going to bring down the giants. They don't care if we feel good. The giants and demonic forces, don't, they don't care if you get a little patty cake and a little tickle behind the ear and you walk home motivated. I'll hire a motivational speech therapist to come in and give us a little prep talk. What we need is a move of the Holy Spirit that we pray with all prayers, that we are alert and we know what's going on, that there is God-sent conviction going on in the house of God. Amen. I'll never forget it when we were preaching, I believe it was North Carolina somewhere, and this biker gang came in, and the Holy Ghost conviction was in that room to that day, and there was no feel-good, tickle-good sermons going on that night. And we were preaching that, you know what, if unless you get right with God, you will not make it to heaven. If you do not repent of your sins and turn towards the Lord Jesus Christ, when that trumpet blows, you're not going up. And that whole biker gang get up on their feet, walked to the altar, repented of their sins, and we baptized them that very night. What I'm saying, church, is we need to be alert. We need to be wide awake. Remember, the kids used to come home, and even Hannah sometimes when she comes home, they'll tell us, yearn. And I'll say, honey, I'm not sleeping. And any parent that's got teenagers knows just exactly. You don't need discernment of spirits to figure it out, I just said. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says it this way, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. What's that mean? Have your right mind about you 24-7. If there's anything else going in your body, if there's anything else going in your mind that controls your thinking, you need to learn and to take resources and classes and prayer and deliverance to shut that down because at any given time the church, the people of God we need to be sober and vigilant it's not time to go to sleep the adversary, the devil he's walking around 
And I guarantee you, every time he walks around, he's trying to stir the pot. Paul says, be watchful. Be alert. Wake up. And then he says it this way. He, he pushes the envelope and he says, persistent or perseverance. And how many knows it's sometimes easy to give up? I think my biggest problem, I got this really radical stubborn streak in me. See, there's not an amen in the room, so you don't even know me. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> I, I heard an amen from the kitchen by the name of Bonnie. I don't Persistence is one of the key elements in winning the battles in the supernatural. It is one of those things where it's the steady water gets the hole through the rock. It's that steady stream that flows day in and day out that I ask and I'm seeking and I'm knocking. That I'm persistently, I won't quit. I don't care what comes against me. It's not time to pull the plug. It's not time to slack off. It's not time to take off the cruise control. If anything, it is time that the church of the living God ramp it up a few thousand RPMs. It's time not to cancel prayer meeting. It's time not to shut down what we're doing. It's time to pray. It's time to gather. It's time to worship. It's time to believe. It's time to know that we can come together and see the head of God move. How do you do it, Joe? How do you do it? Well, I'll tell you right now how you do it. Colossians 3 and 2. Set your mind on things above and not on things below. It's so easy to quit, isn't it? Read the news. Try to get in the hospital to go visit someone that's in palliative care. Hmm. It's I'm easy to get a little frustrated. Guess what? I say, you know, my God's higher. And my God's bigger. And my God's greater. And my God's more powerful. And my God's more efficient. And I have favor. And I'm walking in favor. I am going to be persistent. I've got the armor of God. I know the demonic I'm fighting and battling against. I've got the armor on. I'm praying with all kinds of prayers. I'm wide awake. But I'm not going to just quit and hold back a little bit. Who here drinks coffee in the morning? Looks like three of you need more. No, it's kidding. <laughs> I drink Starbucks. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I'm at St. John the other day doing some meetings, and I'm coming back, and Bonnie messages me and says, would you mind stopping at Starbucks for me? Here's, here's how bad it is. She has to screenshot what the thing looks like. You with me? Yeah, and I'm like, I need interpretation of tongues here because I don't know what that word is right there. And then I'll go to Tim Hortons for a real coffee with you. I ain't going to say a whole lot. I like those fancy little Christmas drinks. It just tastes like liquid candy is all it tastes like. It's not coffee. But you drink this stuff, and it, this coffee with this caffeine in it and maybe some honey or some Sugar, whatever you throw in that, it gives you a little zippity zap, doesn't it? Woo-hoo! And then two hours later, you're like, oh, you got the old carb coma coming on. 
from the muffin that you ate. Here's what I'm getting at is that sometimes what happens is we have a little hype in the spirit and we get alert. Something happens and we're like, oh, well, that's pretty cool, that's pretty cool. And we're running like three squirrels on a, on, a, on a power line. And we're just like, whoa, this is amazing, this is amazing. <sighs> something doesn't go your way. Something You get a bad report. Something you see in the news just zaps the energy out of you. Something happens to you personally, to your family, to a friend, whomever it may be. And it just zaps the life out of you and the energy out of you. And you just want to crawl in a corner and call it a day. You with me? So, Peter says, be sober. Be vigilant because you're adversary. I guarantee you right now that the enemy is not coming down off a caffeine high anytime soon. He realizes his time is short. He realizes it's 1159, 59. He realizes that trumpet is at his lips and he's ready to blow it. He realizes the call is coming and it's coming fast. And he's not willing to take a break. He's not going to hold back. Some people say, oh, I can hardly wait till we get back to the day of 2015. Back to normal. I've got an update for you. Nothing's going back. It's not going back the way it was. This hell has unleashed every lick of fury on this earth that it can. But God saying right now, right now is the opportunity for the church to step up. What an opportunity for the church to step up because people are so open to hear what is next. And the only way we will know what is next is if we were praying with all kinds of prayer and we are alert and we are persistent and nothing for the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. Proverbs 22 and 5, 31 beautiful chapters. And if you ever lack in a little wisdom, get into that book and read one daily for a month and you'll walk out a brighter person. Proverbs 22 and 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. There's all kinds of thorns and there's all kinds of snares that will get in your way and in my way all the time, all day long, that will try to suck the life out of you, that will try to trip you up and frustrate you. But my friend, I'm telling you as Nehemiah told you, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just be persistent. Just keep on pressing on. Just keep like Noah. And it may seem like a long 120 years. And maybe you don't have everybody batting the ball your direction. Maybe you don't have everybody patting you in the back. But you've got a word from God. And you've got a warning from God. And you've got a call of God. And it may take a long time. But I'm telling somebody today. The rain's coming. It's going to be well worth being in the ark. 1 Corinthians 2 and 5 tells us about persistency. He says that way. He says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'm going to be persistent. Man, oh man, I wish I had a little more time this morning. Because we have to be alert and we have to be persistent, but we got to do it in the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says it like this. Fight the good fight of faith. I'm glad it doesn't say fight the good fate of, fight of your neighbor. Huh? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I like the word lay a hold on eternal life. 
When I am discouraged, when I don't want to press on, when I feel like I'm sleeping at the wheel, God says, Jody, you hold on to these eternal promises that are yea and amen. I will save. I will heal. I will revive. I will come back. Hold on to those things and fight that good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. Psalm 71 and 20. You who have shown me great and severe trouble shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. God, I've been through the mill and back. I've been through the ups and the downs in the last 36, 48 months. And God says, I'll just bring you right back up from the depths and I'm going to revive you. Amen. How do we do all this? Praying with all prayers in the spirit. Being watchful, being alert, and being persistent. Just about done. Romans 8 and 11 says it this way. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Paul said, if that is a fact, and he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. How are we going to make it? I tell you how we're going to make it. We're going to make it just fine and dandy because these mortal bodies that have rheumatoid arthritis and sicknesses and diseases and ailments and bad backs and bad hips and bad legs and bad minds and bad everything else. God says, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Don't get eyes on the flesh. I feel you up overflowing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. It is the will of God that the church of God be full, full, full of the Holy Spirit. I love looking in the book of Acts and it says they were all filled. I got a question for me and you. What are you full of? It's a silly question, but it's a real question. What are we full of? Because I can't be full of frustration and joy at the same time. You say, Jody, you mean I shouldn't be aware and alert? No, I'm not saying that. But if you're a full-time, 24-7 lifestyle right now in culture and you're thinking is living in frustration, all you got to sit back and say, Lord, you know what? This is not your will to live in frustration. If I'm living in frustration, flesh will come out of my mouth. I know I've lived it. We fight it every day. But you know what? I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I tell you what's going to come out of here. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, all those goodies of the fruit of the tree. That's going to come flying out of this mouth because I am full of the Spirit. Why? Because this old mortal body that fights pain and fights decay every day. It fights depression every day. It fights hurts and pains every day. I have woken up to the reality some time ago that this old six-foot-one body that's falling apart every day, it needs to be full of the Holy Spirit and the fire of the Word of God. I can't sit back what? and take a moment off because the devil in hell may seek his whom he will destroy. He will try everything he can to bring the church down. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Whew. Ephesians 2 and 1. And you, you, that means me, that means you. And you he made alive. 
that were dead in trespasses and sins. This life that he gave you and I, it never, 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 never ends. There's no off switch. There's no shut off switch. No one can cancel the anointing on your life. No one can shut that down. No one can bring that and say, you're done, you're over. Why? Because he has made the church alive. We are alive. The heartbeat of the church is alive and well. For Christ, 1 Peter 3 and 18, also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Church, I'm going to be alert. Jesus will be my full-time caffeine. I'll be hyper in Jesus. I'm alert. I'm not sleeping. That's why Revelation says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. We must be aware. You know, I have people say, Oh, Joe, all we got to do is reach the lost. All we got to do is reach the lost. And I agree, we got to reach the lost. That is our mandate. But when we reach them, we got to teach them. I don't want a group of sleeping saints to say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm glad you do. But do you know what's going on? Do you know these 66 books, there's 39 in the old, there's 27 in the new. Do you know what's going on? And that's what Paul was drilling down to because when you know, when you are praying with all prayers and you are alert and persistent, you will know and fully understand that, you know what, I will be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may wrestle and stand against the wiles and tricks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of witnesses of the heavenly places. When you're praying with all kinds of prayer, those things will come out and expose themselves. The biggest temptation right now for any church, this church, any church, is to bear our heads in the sand, be seeker sensitive, and not Holy Spirit sensitive, and just let everything fly. Don't want to hurt no one's feelings. And in the process, we will hurt God's feelings. And he'll come knocking on the door. And he'll say, I got a letter for you. You done this, and you done that, and you done something else. But nevertheless, I've got something against you. You've left your first love. I don't want to ever see that happen to us. I want to see us so alert and so on fire and so hungry for the move of the Holy Spirit. I don't want them flying in here on the bus loads because we're good at this and we're good at that. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for excellence. I'm all for getting it right. I'm all for doing our best. Don't get me wrong. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I believe in excellence and doing, doing it right. But if everybody that walks through these doors is doing it just because we're good, but we don't have God, we have nothing. 
And I believe that's why Paul put the frosting on the cake when he said, you got to pray with all kinds of prayers. you got to be alert. you got to be persistent for everybody. As we all stand together this morning, as we prepare our hearts to receive what I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church about today. My prayer, my prayer request from the pulpit to the very back door from side to side in this building today is that we are well alert. We are alert in the spirit. That means we have discernment of spirit. We know exactly what's in front of us. We know what's going on. We know the battles we're fighting. And we know that God is on our side. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.